Hello, and welcome to the Road from Emmaus podcast. I'm Jason Lowe, joined by Andrew Chow, and we are two totally ordinary Catholic guys hoping to share our journeys. Like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, we've each encountered Christ in our lives. Join us as we talk about what comes next. Audrey Assad said a thing a few weeks ago, so Andrew and I start off talking about that. Then we talk about practicing the interior life and how this is imperative for us to be able to truly be in relationship with God. Without it, the things we do as Catholics can be seen as meaningless. So we try to unpack what the interior life means, using our own journeys and learnings as examples, along with those of the saints. This is being released just before Palm Sunday, so we're praying that you have a blessed Holy Week. I want to start today's episode with some news. Um, I'm just going to go right into it. So, I mean, you know, I think both of us, we're pretty we're pretty well-versed. Uh, actually, I wouldn't say well-versed. I haven't kept in touch for a long time. We both like Christian praise and worship music. Yeah. Uh, I haven't updated my playlist in, like, it has to be at least a year and a half. Yeah. Um, but I like my classics and the praise and worship songs that I've grown up with. And I know, I think you're a bit more up-to-date than I, than I am, but... Um, I think one of our favorite art, one of our favorite artists, Audrey Assad, she dropped some news um, back on March third, and she put this out on her social media on Instagram. Uh, I follow her on Twitter, so I saw it there as well. Um, but basically, she just announced that she is no longer a practicing Catholic Christian. Um, so I thought it would just be interesting for us to kind of open today's episode with that bit of news, just because um, it's going to be related to what we get into later on slightly uh, as a bit of a tangent. But um, also just Audrey Assad, man, like <laughs> she's such a great, beautiful artist and yeah. it's definitely sad to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. A lot of the um, a lot of the most uh, really, I guess, emotional songs that a lot of us grew up listening to, right? Um, <laughs> for those listening uh andrew's cat just popped up in the background so now we're both distracted but yeah and anyway. he's playing with my blinds <laughs> it's okay it annoys me no it annoys <laughs> me anyways sorry um yeah but sorry her songs are are really um some of those that that really always connected to people right um especially in the way that you know she really her lyricism was always something that stood out, right? That was really good. Yeah, I, yeah, that was really good. I, I really, I, I thought that a lot of the times her her lyrics, as you said, were very well based on on scripture, uh, very well worded, so that they really evoked kind of yeah the necessary. I don't know. I don't know if it's right to put it this way, but like the emotions of the faith, right? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, that's definitely. what you find often in P Yeah. No, for sure. Um, you know, those are the things that really get so many of us to relate to praise and worship music so well is that it captures our particular um, emotions, exactly like you said, our highs and our lows, those things that we go through, right? So let me get into it here just in case those, I mean, you guys can go read it on, again on her Instagram or on her Twitter feed. Um, but I, I want to highlight parts of her post um, just to kind of break this news, although it will have been broken for quite a while by the time you guys listen to this. Uh, So she wrote, Many of you have asked over the past few years what I believe now. I have been quiet mostly because A. I have never known how to give an easy or concise answer to that question. And B. Because frankly, none none of us owes that information to others, especially before we are ready to share it. Fair. 
Um, I think she, she says over the past few years. So this is definitely something that she's kind of been mulling over, I guess, even discerning uh, for, for a little while now. Uh, so she goes on to say, so when I, as I have publicly shared here before, lost complete touch with that belief, it uprooted my entire life, my sense of identity, and certainly my relationship to my work. So I think over there, like in that part, she's just saying how you know, so much of her music is totally directly tied to her her faith life, how her, her own relationship with God. And I mean, how for her music to uh, turn out so beautifully, like you said, um, in the lyricism, it, it had to have been a reflection of, of the strength of that relationship, I think. So yeah, when she yeah. says that it totally uprooted her entire life, when she lost complete touch with her beliefs, like that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so she goes on to say, I haven't been a practicing Catholic for about three years, which I have only held back from saying because I wasn't really sure it was over. Um, and I really like this part because, again, I, I like that, you know, she was kind of discerning it, right? Like, and, you know, to be clear, uh, neither of us and none of, I think, I don't think anyone listening likes the fact that Audrey Assad is no longer a practicing Catholic. Uh, but you know, part of the whole journey uh, of life is this whole discernment, right? Mm -hmm. Is discerning, you know, parts of the faith, discerning into the faith, and sometimes just discerning out of the faith as well, right? And um, hopefully, you know, obviously we pray that she might discern back into the faith and discern back into a relationship with Christ. But yeah. I think what I wanted to highlight here was just pulling out how she has been truly thinking about it, mulling over it uh, over, for, for a few years. And I think I really respect that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so going on. So if you still want to find the companionship in my old songs, I would love that. I don't disown the person I was or the things that I said. That person was telling the truth as she understood it, and that person is still a part of me. If you need to leave behind the space, my music, or my work, I understand, and I wish you peace and joy in every good thing. So I think that's a really fair part too, right? Um, you know, she's not saying she's not deleting all of her old songs. She's not like yeah. rebelling against the person that she was. In fact, she she really takes ownership, I think, of of who she was um, as a Catholic Christian. And honestly, like you know, we were talking about Audrey Assad as the, as the you know, I guess the the artist, the musician. But I know you know if you look her up online, one of the things she's most famous for is her talk on pornography and how it affected women. Uh, because often, you know, this isn't an episode of a pornography or a theology of the body or anything, but like so many, so much of the time, uh, whenever we bring up chastity or pornography, like it's in the context of how men have fallen, right? But we need to recognize the fact that this is something that also affects women. And I think Audrey Assad was a really strong voice in uh, testifying to being a witness to her own struggles with, with that sort of thing. Um, and so I would really encourage you to go check, check out that talk if you haven't heard it. Uh, but yeah, I think just really thinking back to, um, I guess the public parts of Audrey Assad's life and, um, how she bore witness to Christ and how she bore witness to her faith yeah. is something that was really inspiring. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and even the courage to come out and say these things, right. Um, she could have just faded out into the background and, and that would have been totally fair as well. Mm -hmm. And one of the things she also said as well um, uh, that, that you didn't call out there is after she said that she wasn't sure it was over, she said she still isn't sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you never know where life leads you. And that kind of, again, to your point, alludes to kind of that lifelong journey uh, where, you know, God will speak to us in our own ways there that um, we have our own journeys that we go through to to kind of uh, reach the place where we ought to be. And this just seems to be part of that journey for her. And, and you know, praise God that she was willing to share that with everyone. 
for all of us and even saints um, and and all the models within the Catholic faith that we might look up to, there's no such thing as an easy journey. Jesus himself didn't walk an easy journey, right? Yeah. Um, and I grabbed that, I think, from our last podcast from Father Raf. Um, there's there's no part of our faith life, our faith journey that's going to be easy. Yeah. And you very much see Audrey, I guess, in a more public sense, but you see Audrey going through that as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah totally. So... Uh, yeah, we're, we're breaking, again, not really breaking, but we are bringing this news to you and, and bringing some commentary on it. Um, I think if you scroll on her social media feed, you won't go very far before seeing that, um, yeah, I think just to call it out as, as a fact, you know, she is supportive of things like the LGBTQ plus community, the things like the things like the BLM community, uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, and, you know, I think, uh, again, this isn't an episode about any of those things, uh, but, you know, just to quickly outline, you know, the Catholic Church doesn't uh, exactly uh, disagree with the premise of either of those, um, you know, movements or organizations, that being um, human life and, um, you know, love for all humans. But I think once you really get into it, which, again, we are not, once you really get into it and try to, um, you know, reconcile the teachings of the Catholic Church to these particular movements, it's a very difficult discussion, obviously, and not something that can be uh, easily accomplished within the span of a few minutes. So, um, but I think, you know, when you scroll through kind of that public face of her social media, those are kind of the things that you see um, first and foremost, I think, in terms of what she supports. Um, and so, you know, just to round off this opening segment, I think uh, before commenting any further i think it's important to clarify that like obviously you know andrew and i don't know audrey personally um i i, I don't know about you but i've actually seen her perform live uh once at, at blessed trinity uh parish or church in toronto in north york uh, i also had another opportunity to see her perform live in poland when i went to world youth day in 2016 but obviously the arena was like packed and our group didn't end up getting in so we missed out on that uh but anyway uh, we don't know Audrey personally, um, and anything we're saying before or, you know, in the coming minutes, like, it's not anything to judge her or even to simplify her own complex journey, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're really trying to um, just point out and connect the dots that are visible on the public face of her social media. And mm-hmm. even that, you know, totally acknowledging that that is, a, that is, that is an incomplete picture. Yeah. Um, I don't think she posted this on Instagram, but I was looking on her Twitter feed and she did say that if you were to reduce, you know, her discerning out of the faith or, you know, just being unsure about the Catholic Church, if we were to reduce that to, you know, her and her support of the LGBTQ plus community or the BLM movement, like that just wouldn't be fair to her. And so I want to bring yeah. that up as well. You know, that's not anything we're doing. Um, but I think what Andrew and I want to talk about um, after this long opening segment is kind of the common things that can be kind of plucked out of this Audrey Assad announcement, right? And so this yeah. this this first few minutes here serves a dual purpose in the sense of, you know, we wanted to bring that news f- forward because it is it is news, right? It's something that is a big ripple effect within, you know, especially the, the Catholic community who listens to praise and worship and, again, her beautiful songs. But when you look at kind of the common parts of, you know, why she might have fallen out of her faith and compare that to 
really the struggles that all of us probably face whenever we are thinking about, you know, what is it that we truly believe in? Yeah. Uh, thinking about our own relationship with Christ and the challenges that might potentially uh, harm or blur or even sever that relationship with Christ. Uh, these are things that I think, you know, we can kind of pick up from Audrey's, Audrey's journey. And so just to just to end off here, like, I, I don't think it's just, you know, anyone who might be struggling with, um, you know, how, you know, the church reconciles things with like same sex marriage or LGBTQ plus or the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I think it's also things like trauma and, and brokenness and suffering, which we talked about in our last last podcast with Father Raff. Um, and really just any kind of what I call, quote unquote, an earthly connection to the faith, Um, an earthly connection to the faith. And in some ways, it might be an emotional connection to the faith. These connections can only last so long. Yeah. And I'm going to point out the obvious ones here, right? Um, The scandals of the Catholic Church. Think about all the all the people who have lost faith in the institution that is the church because Look of the at, um, the McCarrick report just recently. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because of these leaders, these priests, these bishops who have been handed the keys of the church um, and they fell to sin and fell to temptation. Um, and these scandals came out and look at all the people that have left the church. Right. Uh, and then to like, obviously that's the kind of one, one extreme end. I'm going to bring out another example that doesn't really jump out of the page. If you have a local parish priest, uh, that you really like, right? Maybe I, I remember my uh, spiritual director telling me uh, in our most recent meeting, one of his parishioners came up to him and he said, um, uh, Father, like, I'm so glad you are here at my parish and I can honestly say that uh, I am a follower of the Catholic Church because of you. And, you know, my spiritual director was obviously, you know, gr- grateful for such a compliment. But he was also saying that, like, that's not something he wants. He doesn't want this parishioner's Catholic faith to be tied to him. Yeah. Uh, parish priests rotate out of out of out of parishes. They they rotate around the archdiocese all the time. Yeah. Um, and even again with the example of the scandal of the Catholic Church, like priests aren't perfect people either. Yeah. So whether it's your local parish priest, whether it's someone like Father Mike Schmitz, who is a very popular priest on the internet, someone that I listen to every day, whether it's Bishop Robert Barron, who is someone that we cite almost every episode, whether it might even be Pope Francis, our connection to the faith should not be tied to any of these people or anything that is of this earth, but rather it should be hinged upon Jesus instead. Yeah. And this isn't to say that, you know, we should turn away from all of these people. Um, but so a, a lot more of the idea of, you know, understand that what they say, like who they are, isn't the point. Um, you know, the, these are meant to be, think of it almost as like waypoints on the journey, you know, um, or or even um, like a, a Sherpa when you're climbing Everest, right? The point is to climb Everest. The point isn't to follow the Sherpa. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's kind of the point here is that, you know, there are lots of different ways that we can connect to our faith initially. And all of them are good things. Right. Um, you know, if you listen to Restless by Audrey Asad and that just like really touched your heart in a way that nothing's touched you before. And you're going to give this faith thing a chance because of that. That's a beautiful thing. But you can only listen to Restless so many times, <laughs> you know. Um, and that's kind of the point here is like there has to be a step two 
And that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Exactly, exactly. It, it, it can be beautiful to be brought to the faith, right? By by whether it's a song, whether it's Andrea Sand herself, whether it's uh, my local parish priest, whether it's Father Mike Schmitz or Bishop Robert Barron. By, by whether it's uh, by someone or whether it's by some kind of experience like at a retreat or a conference or World Youth Day, it's beautiful to be brought to the faith by any of these things. But ultimately, like I said, our faith needs to be hinged upon Jesus. And so how do we do that, right? How do we um, take this, uh, you know, encounter that we've we've had and yeah. turn it into what is truly the core of um, or one core part of our faith, which is a relationship with Christ. And that's that's something that we call the interior life. That's right. Do you want to go into what that is? Yeah, so I think before we can really define the interior life per se, I think we, we need to understand, um, you know, what the journey of the faith really is, right? Uh, that That's really, until you get that, none of this really makes sense. Um, and so I think the first thing here is to recognize something that a lot of us are taught as children is that, um, you know, the entirety of Easter and, you know, Jesus' death and resurrection and all of it was to give us eternal life. I think that's something that we've heard um, you know, over and over again. Um, but really, it's not a tacit point. The idea is that there is something beyond death, right? Um, I think, so we, we were having a discussion about this recently with uh, with some of our friends. Um, and one particular friend kind of brought up heaven uh, and the definition of heaven um, and clarified that. And that, I thought that was a really beautiful thing that she did um, because so many of us, I feel like, stay in that, you know, elementary school understanding of heaven as Mm -hmm. this place where everyone's happy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Like it's a destination. Exactly. And and that's a great way to introduce heaven, but that's not all that heaven is, right? Um, Heaven is a lot more, and this is quite abstract, right? But it's a lot more of being in the place or being in the state of fully appreciating God, you can almost think of it as, right? Mm -hmm. Fully understanding God, fully um, being united to God, all right? So, you know, what does that mean? Well, you know, you have to go into a whole other thing about, you know, what is God? Who is God? God being the existence of love and all of that. But, you know, really, at the end of the day, that's what it is. Um, the The purpose of our faith and the, the end goal is after death to be in a place where we're fully united with all of the ultimate good. Right. Um, I, it's quite philosophical, but that's really what it is. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because until we understand that, the interior life doesn't make sense because what the interior life is, is essentially that journey of kind of the coming of age, if you will, to get into that point. Right. Um, it's, it's being able to kind of grow in that appreciation of what that good is and learning more and more about it, growing the way that we're able to properly appreciate it. Uh, the same way, maybe, um, you know, as a child, you might not be able to appreciate everyone's sense of humor right away. But as you grow, you know, this is a, a somewhat of a, you know, random parallel. But as you grow and you understand more and more of humor, you can appreciate more humor and you get to a, a higher and higher degree of understanding that. Right? It's the same way with the interior life. It's how do we grow spiritually to be able to appreciate more and more of who and what God is. And just to really hammer home the point of how heaven isn't a destination. Like if you think about what a destination is. Um, I'm going to make, I'm going to attempt to make an analogy of my own. Like if we were to go on vacation, which is not a thing we can do anymore, but if we were to go on vacation, let's say I want to go to Vancouver. Um, again, probably a terrible choice for first vacation outside of COVID. But anyway, <laughs> let's say I want to go to Vancouver. I get to Vancouver. I have reached my destination and that's kind of it, right? Like it's, it's the end. Like, I mean, I guess I can return back to Toronto, but 
you know, that that's besides the point. Uh, but to emphasize that heaven is really a state of being in total unity with God, I think is important because it doesn't have any kind of implication with an end, right? We don't yeah. get to heaven and everything is over. We get to heaven. And in fact, it's a whole new start to life that we would never have been able to uh, even get a taste of or, or imagine if not for God's grace. And so to be in this state of total unity, I think is, is as you said, an important thing to, to understand and realize. Yeah, yeah, totally. So then I, th- I think the natural next question is like, okay, like this all sounds great, but like, do I need to do anything special to get there? Right? Like, is this, is this like some new workout regimen that I need to, that I need to be on in order for me to be able to grow in the interior life? Right. Um, and the answer here is, it starts to get interesting, right? It's somewhat of a yes and no answer. Um, because, you know, in, in some senses, um, you know, yes, there are things that we can do that will help you grow in the interior life, right? There are, there are practices that are out there. There are uh, almost roadmaps defined of what the interior life looks like. But also, no, you don't need to do anything because um, almost by definition, you have an interior life. You know, um, by the very fact that you exist, as the catechism teaches, um, you know, we are created out of love and we are held in existence by God's same love, meaning that God's fingerprint is already on yeah. you, right? Mm-hmm. You're already on that road to having that recognition of him. The same way a, a child recognizes their parent, we already have that implicit ability to recognize God. So do we have an interior life? Yes, but we still need to grow in it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's that as well, um, as kind of understanding that it, it's also somewhat interesting, right? Because it's not like I'm going to pull up my socks and I'm going to check off all these boxes and then I'm going to move to stage two of the interior life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really not that way, right? Growth in the interior life is necessarily a gift that comes from God, right? Um, but all the same, what you do also has an impact on this. So, you know, going back again last episode, when Father Ralph was talking about how, you know, Jesus, you know, uniting with our suffering, uniting with our humanity has made our actions meritorious. Um, you know, what we do also has an effect on the equation, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, it's also important to remember, I think, as part of this question of, do I need to do anything for this interior life? Um, footnote, there isn't anything we can do to actually, you know, uh, deserve God's mercy or deserve God's grace. And I, I think this is a bit of a tangent, so this might be another episode, but I think it's something worth bringing up where, you know, ultimately, uh, it is through God's infinite mercy that we even have a chance at doing something like, uh, going, going through purgatory and entering heaven, right? Uh, it's through God's mercy, God's infinite love for us that we can even have a sniff at heaven even after all of our uh, falling to temptation and falling to sin. So yeah, I just wanted uh, to note that as well. Totally. Go back to the, wherever it is in Isaiah that, you know, the Lord says, you know, I myself will come shepherd my people, right? Um, after right. after the, the Israelite patriarchs like were doing awful. Um, absolutely, you're right. You know, this is nothing to do with worth. Um, it's just God, God that makes this all happen to us. Um, so I guess like the question, the next question that came, came to mind for me, right? This is really, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is just a reflection of how I am across the interior life. Right? So a year and a bit ago, I, I talked to my spiritual director and I was like, Hey, I've heard in passing a few times. It's this concept of the interior life. Like, what is it? What am I supposed to do about it? Like what, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Right. And he basically said, well, Andrew, here it is. 
here's some things you can read, right? Um, so a question that always came up for me is like, well, like, you know, if the interior life is already there for me and everything's a gift, then like, do I need to go and learn about it? Like, is there a point in me going in and knowing more about it? Um, and, you know, the answer is kind of yes, because, you know, for me at least, I'm, I'm the kind of person who has a hard time following through with particular activities unless I see the point. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about the interior life, and there are lots of models out there, right? So, you know, some of the some of the saints that people often talk about for the interior life, uh, St. John of the Cross and St. Teresa of Avila, two of the hallmark saints that, that are referred to um, because they wrote very specifically about this, right? So mm-hmm. St. John of the Cross wrote his book, uh, The Dark Knight, um, and St. Teresa of Avila wrote Interior Castle, and both of these are specifically talking about the interior life um, and, and kind of what that looks like. Well, for me, you know, until I started learning about the interior life, I didn't get it. I didn't get why I was doing it. Like, you know, um, you know, like tacitly, like, yes, I got that you go to confession to be reconciled to God. Um, You know, it's important to have a personal relationship with God, and that's a good thing to do. But until I started reading for myself, I read St. John of the Cross. You know, it's difficult to see what is this for what what is the next step here right so like you know we often hear about the beginning and the end point right mm-hmm. it's like you suck right now do these things and you'll get to heaven it's like well what about everything in the middle yeah you know like how what what's what's going on here and saint john of the cross he specifically talks about you know here are the things that are going to be in your way here are things you can do and this is what's going to happen in you and this is what it's preparing you for mm-hmm. and for me that really helped me to be able to be like okay like i'm all in I'll give this a shot. I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll try to go and, you know, pursue virtue. You know? And I think another uh, answer to this question of do I need to learn about the interior life is um, you already t- talked about it yourself. Like it, in a way, it is kind of the next step. And I want to go. Well, first of all, just to tie it to the beginning of this episode of how, you know, the whole idea of what we're trying to um, explain here or explore here is, you know, uh, just we need to go beyond the earthly connection uh, yeah. of our faith, right? And so this is why we, uh, this is how we start to do that of attaching our our faith to Jesus as opposed to anything of this earth. So, firstly, that, but even to go a bit meta, if you listen to uh, the first fifteen seconds of our podcast every episode for our introduction, we talk about how the whole inspiration of the whole road from Emmaus name not road to Emmaus, um, is that on the road to Emmaus, the, the the disciples have already, they encountered Christ, right? Just as you and I have. But the idea of this podcast is what comes after that encounter, right? After this initial encounter that you might have had through a particular person, through a particular experience, how do you strengthen your faith and again, hinge that faith on Christ? And so I think that's also kind of another answer to the whole question of, do I need to learn about the interior life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and and even more to the point, um, these are kind of like formulas for sainthood, right? Yeah. These are these are literally these are two saints who've written out in my path to sanctity. This is what I've noticed. This is what had happened for me. I'm going to map it out. Right. Mm-hmm. There are other books out there. Right. There is the soul of the apostolate is another beautiful book um, that maps out the interior life. And, and all of these, there you go. And these, these different books have different numbers of stages, right? So 
Uh, St. John of the Cross has three stages. Um, St. Teresa of Alva has seven mansions, as she calls them. I think Soul of the Apostle might have eight stages. I, I, I never actually got there in the book. But, um, you know, it's interesting because they all describe it a little bit differently, but they all kind of superimpose on each other, mm-hmm. right? Um, in, in describing the same kind of thing, this arc of the Christian life, right? So, you know, it, it, it's... The reason why I bring this up specifically is because oftentimes, especially I feel in our generation where we um, aren't always taught so much about the lives of the saints, we can think of these saints as like these superheroes who like, you know, um, St. Paul was knocked off a horse and made blind. Mm -hmm. And then like that, that was how he was converted. Right. Um, Well, look at me. I'm just, you know, born in Canada and whatever. Um, You know, these saints have actually written out for us, you know, how do you get here? You know, um, these people didn't necessarily live particularly extraordinary lives, you know. Um, Saint uh, Saint John of the Cross like wasn't like it, it's not like he had that same type of a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but all the same, there are things that they noticed along the way, along their journey, that that really um, were waypoints for them. And and I guess another another piece here too um, is that as we go and start learning about these things. So something that happened to me was that as I was reading St. John of the Cross, I started to think of these almost as like prescriptions of like things that should be happening in my life. Okay. And I started looking for like, Oh, right. like I think I'm here. I think I should do this. And then that means this, right. Um, and it's a huge temptation, but really, you know, and this is something I learned the hard way because you just get really disappointed when you realize like, Oh, like, I'm not as far along as I thought I was. I'm, I'm really like, you know, for me, like I'm really like right at the beginning of the journey, you know, mm-hmm. um, is, is that the point of reading these is to be able to recognize where you are as you grow. Because like we said before, the growth itself is not going to come from us. The growth itself is going to come from God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, in terms of, talking about the interior life and explaining the interior life. Like we've been doing a lot of that, but I'm wondering, and and let me know if you want to cover something else before I get to this, but I'm wondering if, you know, I think the next question is like, how do we go about doing it? Right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you, you spoke to your spiritual director, like you said, a year ago or whatever it was, you go a year ago plus since then in the last 12 plus months, like what have you been doing to, to improving that interior life? The biggest thing has been setting up a regular prayer routine. Yeah. It's the biggest, biggest yeah. thing. Um, it's, you know, we talked about it a few times in different episodes, right? For me, my baseline is just really setting that, making it solid of having my morning prayer, my night prayer, and then different things that come up for me, right? Like for me right now, um, you know, since Lent started, I start praying the rosary more. And that's my like add on, that's my extra thing. And it's bringing lots of life for me right now. Um, but my baseline, really having that rigorous prayer routine, that that's that's the absolute first step. I definitely have to plus one that like in, in the same way, I've also been working on my own prayer routine in the last, yeah, 12, yeah, 12 months or so. And um, yeah, similarly, you know, whether it's praying the rosary almost every day, uh, like I mentioned a couple of times on our on our episodes, you and I have started this uh, 33, I think 40, 33 day consecration 33, to St. Yeah. Joseph. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just having that routine of uh, constantly praying is so important because that's how you uh, communicate with God, right? Communicate directly with God. 
And, you know, prior to COVID times, going to daily mass whenever you can on top of obviously uh, weekly mass. Um, and I think the best the best part would be going to adoration, right? Going to adoration, uh, spending a holy hour in front of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and, you know, just talking with him, right? Laying out, you know, laying out your problems, laying out your challenges, sure. Uh, you know, sell, laying out your, your joyful moments of the week or the month or whatever, sure. But also just being in being in front of him and yeah. and just just being there and just being yeah. there with each other yeah it's um you know the, the point of it isn't always to feel something yeah i think that's an important piece to call it here too right it's not like every night when i pray my night prayer i'm like oh that was that was awesome like i'm pumped to like for the next day right? um like there are days like that but they're few and far between honestly the point here is that um you know, as with anything, right, the interior life is exercised, right? And, and with a regular prayer routine, what's happening is you're kind of learning to orient yourself towards God, right? So, you know, you'll probably, and I remember saying this like a month or two in, I was like, because I was like all in, I was like, I'm going to pray with the divine office, you know, this is everything that's going to happen. You went to the store, grabbed like a couple like leather bound editions or whatever. Not leather. Yeah, so I actually I have the four volume bravery. You know, for those of you who are starting out and thinking about Divine Office, just get the Christian prayer book. Don't buy the four volume. It's <laughs> expensive. Um, but um, I remember going to my spiritual director and being like, hey, uh, I'm doing all these prayers. I'm not really feeling anything. Like, what, what, what's going on here? And, and, he, and he pointed out a really good thing. It's like, you know. Um, you're you're learning how to orient yourself to God and you're learning how to recognize those graces. You're not going to get it right away. You know, mm-hmm. the same way that you do math drills, you don't get it right away. And, and you're kind of questioning the point. You know, it's like, oh, why am I doing this all the time? It's kind of the same deal with the prayer life, but really just stick to it, get on it. And, and you know, when you fall down, when you have like a bad week and you only prayed once, you didn't pray at all, whatever, start again. You know, exactly. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, uh, I mean, I will be upfront and say that, like, for several months, I did pray my rosary every day. Um, But over the last month or two, like, I've just been praying it most days. Uh, But that's still been fine, because I've still made sure to have my prayer time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I I often liken, you know, I'm, I'm sure I've done it in a previous episode, but I often bring up the analogy of, you know, if you're in a relationship with your significant other, right, and comparing that to... Uh, your relationship with Jesus, where, yeah, sometimes you'll you'll go out on like you know quote unquote social dates and like you'll have a lot of fun. Maybe you'll go like to a concert or something, um, and you'll come back feeling like all the highs and the joys of you know listening to that concert or attending that concert or whatever, and you know the happy memory that you guys have created for one another, which is which is wonderful. And to me, I think that's that's kind of the 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 high or the spiritual high that we often attribute to coming out of retreats and conferences and pilgrimages and things like that. Nothing is wrong with these things. These are all, in fact, I would say necessary part, uh, a necessary part of building your faith life. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, I would, I would say that for a truly, uh, you know, deep relationship, intimate relationship to, to be built, you need that quality time in with your significant other to, talk about you know yeah whatever it's a rare moment because i know the word in chinese um but i don't know how to say it in english 
but like the the things of your heart, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, right? Those intimate things of your heart where you just only you and your significant other, only you can understand one another kind of thing. In the same way, you need that time with Jesus as well. And, you know, hopefully that maybe I'm like out to lunch with this metaphor. Some people will be like, what the heck, Jason, are you talking about? But hopefully, you know, for some other people, it's no. something that can be relatable. No, that's, that's absolutely it, right? And, and I think, um, you know, we, we, we talk about this a lot. And, and, and look, here's the thing, right? If you don't relate to that metaphor, if, if you have a tough time thinking of Jesus as your lover or your friend, whatever, mm-hmm. or just like seeing him as more than just like this cosmic abstraction like fine you know what but like accept it fine but just think about you know if you're listening to us still at this point you're listening for a reason right um and what's probably happened is like at some point along the way you had that really beautiful encounter right you had that really like deep encounter it's like oh my goodness like that was so nice um and what's probably happening which happens to a lot of us is that you're probably trying to recreate that same experience Mm. right you're probably being like man like 15 year old me was so holy you know how do i get back there you know and the point here is that that's like the the teaser you know the the point of all of this is to say the interior life that's the good stuff um these these earthly attachments emotional highs these these first kind of retreat moments that that's just the preview right Mm -hmm. and and that's where i would say you know what if you're not connected with any of these fine start learning about the interior life you know pick up one of these books you know the three that i know off the top of my head are the interior life by saint Teresa of avila the dark knight by saint john of the cross and uh the soul of the apostolate by uh jean baptiste chotard chotard yes um these are all great books and if you're not sure which one to pick up first um if you really if you enjoy kind of tangential thought saint Teresa of Alva is kind of known for writing that way as like of like writing about things like oh this reminds me of that time when then if you really enjoy that kind of storytelling type of stuff saint Teresa of Alva is known for that if you like the very kind of um formulaic academic type of thing saint john of the cross is very much like that like these are the things that you will see if this is your particular advice for example is how he writes and then uh, the soul of the apostle is much more practically focused right if you will if you're a doer if you like doing things then this is a great book to read in terms of like well how do you feel that doing with the interior life so andrew what if you're a guy like me who find spiritual reading really difficult in, in my hands i am holding a copy of the soul of the apostolate which i ordered i checked before this episode i ordered it june 22nd 2020 we are now recording in march 2021 so it's been the duration of a pregnancy more or less and i still have not opened my book because i i actually think i saw this on um your coffee table and i was like and you recommended it to me and i was like okay i'll grab it and i still have not cracked it open so what if you are a guy like me who just can't do spiritual reading look like i i think i think <laughs> to one level like our good friend father eric said mm-hmm. once like, you gotta get over it um but find things that are gonna work for you you know look like if you if you really don't like reading read 10 minutes a month yeah you know? that's not bad like 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 just do something that works for you and and the 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 really the key with spiritual reading is not how much you read right so um one of our good seminarian friends a recipe that he gave me which i found really helpful for me because i also don't love sitting down and reading in a long um heady text um is to give yourself a formula but give yourself time to digest so what what um kind of he recommended to me was 20 minute segments 
where you spend the first five minutes just quieting yourself down, mm-hmm. you know, removing the distractions, putting yourself in the presence of the Lord, do whatever you need to do, right? Um, you know, you could put on you could put on a praise and worship song that you like that really gets you into that prayerful mood. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, fine. Throw on some Audrey aside. Throw on some Audrey aside. Read for ten minutes. If you can't get to ten minutes, read for five minutes. Mm-hmm. The point is to me, keep that time so short that it is impossible for you to get anywhere meaningful. It takes the pressure off reading quickly to let you really chew on what you're reading Mm -hmm. and then spend the the last five minutes or 10 minutes or however long you need to journal it, to write down like what stood out to you, what did you learn, what was cool, what bored you, whatever it is. But give yourself time to really digest what you read Mm -hmm. and then move on, you know? Like if if you're doing... If you're doing this for 10 minutes a month, fine. Do two minutes of the music, read for f- five minutes, and then journal for a few minutes. Fine, right? Um, whatever works, I think, is good. But just find something that you can commit to and just do it. Newsflash, if there's one thing I hate more than spiritual reading, it's journaling. But I will say, <laughs> I, will say <laughs> uh, I have done it in the past, and I, I, I know it's fruitful. It's really just, um, like, it, it has actually been fruitful for me to do the spiritual reading and then also to do the journaling. Uh, I'm just so lazy that I can't get off my butt to do it. But I will I will agree with you. Like I totally 100% agree. Uh, it, it is actually truly helpful and fruitful. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the piece of it really there... Like, if journalism doesn't work, fine. But, like, you got to find some way for you to yeah. actually um, articulate what's going through your mind. Exactly. I think I think that's the big one, right? Like, until you articulate things, you don't internalize them. You don't actually wrestle with them. And, and like, it, it's so easy for things to go in one ear, out the other, or, you know, just read it and forget it, right? So, and so now we have a podcast. <laughs> um. Listen, so I, I think this was a really important episode. Just, uh, again, on a meta level, you know, this whole episode is essentially a representation or a summary or a drawn. I don't know what it is, but it is a representation of what our podcast is supposed to be about. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we've said this a few times by now, but Andrew and I are, are doing our own kind of journey through the interior life and, and trying to get to that state of being of, of, of being united with God right in, in heaven. And so. Um, you know, I think this was a, an important episode for anyone who has had that encounter, right? And, you know, even if you have had that encounter and, you know, you've started going through um, the interior life and, and, and working on your relationship with Jesus and maybe you've fallen off. And you know what? That's OK. Right. We started off this episode with someone um, who, you know, I encourage all of us to to pray for uh, in terms of, you know, Audrey Assad and her publicly talking about no longer being a practicing Catholic. And, um you know, we pray for a heart of conversion, but not just for her, but for all, all, all those who have turned away from the church, all those who have um, been hurt by the church, all those who have suffered trauma and, you know, are maybe angry or, 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 or upset with God, right? We pray for all these people for their conversion. Um, and, you know, we pray for all those who are, who continue to walk along on the journey. So, mm-hmm. um to wrap this episode up on a lighter note, I'm going to put you on the spot. What is your favorite Audrey Assad song ever? Uh, Most I think ever. Restless for sure. Okay, yeah, you took mine. Um, <laughs> I, I would go with the, the next you one. You Speak comes is to also mind. really good. Yeah, exactly. So my, my top three are basically Restless, You Speak, and probably I Shall Not Want, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song. So praying for Audrey, uh, praying for all of us as, as Catholics and Christians and as a church. 
Um, so uh, hopefully this was an enlightening episode as always. Um, and you know, again, if you if you guys ever have any questions about like you know what more can I do or how do I go about doing this, we uh, we don't say this enough. But Andrew and I are always open to you know if you guys want to shoot us a message, if you know us personally. Um, if you want to write to us on Instagram, you can do that. I'm, I'm trying to remember our Instagram tag. I think it's <laughs> at Road from Emmaus, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're always open to those interactions. So um, hit us up if you want to. Um, but yeah, until next time, uh, hope you guys will continue to have a blessed Lent and you'll hear from us soon. Bye, everyone.